Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, it's Mike, the Hermit Adams, and it's old religion dystopia. And since uh, today, you know, I've been focusing on cryptid things and primates and maybe humanoids and all that, I had a very interesting interview with uh, Shaky check out his stuff and listen to this show and go from there. Anyways, um, yeah, I've been, uh, <laughs> my son asked for his book uh, and uh, we've been reading it. It says 10 True Tales, Surviving Sharks and uh, Other Dangerous Creatures. <clears throat> it looks like Zulo... Is it publishing? Let's see if that's what it is. By Alan Zulo. Scholastic Inc. Um, Copyright 2006 by World Sellers Inc. Otherwise Reserve published by Scholastic Inc. All credit goes to them. And the author continue as this edition is the first edition. Okay. Well, anyways, there's this little story in here that I think uh, would be of, of uh, uh, oh, an interesting read, let's say that. <clears throat> The consequences when uh, men's beliefs and fables and 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 their religious beliefs and uh, uh, taking things too far, what can happen? Monkey madness. Holding his uh, bandage. His bandaged right arm, Grady Cox, slumped in a chair in the emergency room, waiting area at the main hospital in Bangalore, India. Across from the 10-year-old American boy sat an Indian girl who was about his age. She was wearing a white blouse and dark gray skirt, a school uniform, he guessed, with a big dirt smudge on the front. She had a large gauze pad um, taped to her front leg, her left leg. So what happened to you, she asked. 
I got bitten by a monkey, replied Grady. What about you? The same bloody thing. Monkeys aren't very friendly around here, are they? Not just in Bangladesh, she said. It happens everywhere throughout India, in big cities and small ones. I heard on the news that monkeys have been attacking hundreds of children at an old Hindu temple in Gahati. I guess I should pronounce it. That's in northeast India over the past three weeks. The monkeys hide in in trees and swoop down on kids and claw them and bite them. But why, asked Grady. I'll tell you why, said an older girl who had just checked into the emergency room and overheard their conversation. She was wearing a T-shirt and shorts splotted, splotched with blood stains and had bandages on her right wrist and left, uh, right wrist and arm and left ear. You're American, she asked Grady. He nodded. Not masking her bitterness, the teenager said, my government has allowed the monkey population to get out of hand. We can't harm them because monkeys are a sacred symbol in Hinduism. And Hinduism is India's main religion. I'm a Hindu and I love my religion, but I hate monkeys. Don't tell me you got attacked by a monkey, too, he said. Not just one, she replied. A whole troop attacked me in my house. Earlier that day, wherever Grady turned, he was experiencing something new. Smelling incense made with sandalwood oil, seeing women in bold and colorful uh, saris. Uh, hearing an old man play the sitar, tasting sugared peanuts from a vendor. Bangalore was all so different from his hometown in South Carolina. Grady was in a bustling Indian city with his parents who were on a business trip. They brought him along because they wanted him to see this exotic country. While his father was in a meeting, his mother took Grady for a walk to one of the city's ancient temples. On the way, a holy man presented Mrs. Cox with a flowered garland, a necklace of fresh marigolds, and that must have stunk. Uh, strung together, which she put around her neck. As he and his mother neared the temple, Grady had a feeling they were being watched. He looked up in the trees. Hey, Mama, I see a monkey. Wait, I see another one and another one. The trees are all full of them. These are rhesus. Uh... Uh, Macau's. 
So among the uh, 10,000 Among the tens of thousands that have roamed freely in the cities of India for years, a stoutly built monkey, which have silky brownish yellow hair and distinct reddish rump, can weigh up to 20 pounds. They usually live in groups of 10 to 100, which are known as troops. Grady didn't know that. Over the years, India's rhesus monkeys had become increasingly aggressive. They had been terrorizing and harassing people throughout the country. <clears throat> Just imagine if Bigfoot would end up doing that to us, huh? He didn't know that the monkeys were getting so bold that he they were even invading government offices in the capital of Delhi. He didn't know that the most dangerous monkeys were being arrested and sent to special, quote, monkey prisons, end quote. So when a couple of monkeys were frolicking at his feet, Grady thought it was pretty cool. One baby monkey took a liking to Mrs. Cox and ran up her leg and launched itself off her with a backflip and scampered back to its mother. Then the baby did it again. Why, isn't that the cutest little thing you've ever did see, marveled Mrs. Cox. She asked Grady, Sweetie Pie, will you get a picture of this? He took off his backpack and fumbled around until he found his digital camera between a banana and an orange and a bottle of water and a map. He pulled the camera out and took a shot as the little Reese's did its trick again. Got it, he exclaimed. Then Grady moved closer to the monkeys. They had gathered together near a bench and were grooming one another. Be careful, said his mother. They're just monkeys, Mama. They can't hurt us. He crouched down and grinned at them. His camera by his chest. Hi, y'all. Look, look this way, please. He gave a wide, cheery smile. And Grady wasn't prepared for their reaction. In an instant, five older monkeys swarmed on him so fast and hard that he lost his balance and fell backwards. Screeching and snarling, the monkeys clawed at his bare arms and legs. Grady got on his knees and tried to shake the animals off him. But as soon as one fell off, another jumped on him. Get off, he shrieked. Get off! His mother tried to rescue him by swinging her purse at them and shouting, Shoot, shoot, go away! One of the monkeys sank his teeth into his right arm. How can this be happening to me, Grandy wondered. Blood spurt down his arm. In desperation, he tried flinging the rhesus off, but his jaws were locked on his arm so severe uh, for several more seconds, excuse me. 
I can't believe this. Finally, with his left arm, Grady slugged the monkey in the nose. Stunned by the blow, the Reese's let go and scampered off. An elderly man wearing a turban and carrying a small doctor's bag hurried over to Grady. Without being asked, the man wiped the bite wound with disinfectant and placed the band-aids over it. Sadly, this happens too often here, he said. About two people a day are bitten in this park, and so I try to help. Turning to Mrs. Cock, he said, you wouldn't have a few rubies to help pay for the cost of the first aid. He held out his hand and smiled. She reached in her purse and handed him five dollars worth of Indian money. <clears throat> Why did they attack me? Grady whimpered. I didn't do anything wrong. Unfortunately, you did, the man said. When you smiled, you showed your teeth. To reach his monkeys, showing teeth is a sign of hostility. So they attacked first. They didn't intend to bite you, but when you tried to fight them, one of them did. Still shaking from the ordeal, Grady reached into his backpack for a bottle of water. Hey, it's gone. So is all the fruit. He looked on the ground and moaned. And the camera, too. I had taken some great pictures. I'm sorry to say you probably won't ever see your camera again, the man said. What they can't eat, they steal. And they are bloody outrageous and devious. Just the other day I saw a troop of monkeys steal food from a grocery stall while one monkey bared its fangs and drove the terrified owner into a corner. The accomplices raided the fruit basket at the front of the stall and made off with whatever they wanted. Mrs. Cox hugged Grady and said, You poor, poor dear, we need to get you to a hospital. She put her hand on her chest and looked down. My garland! They took my garland! What a great loss that was, huh? At that moment, she heard what sounded like high-pitched chatter coming from a banyan tree that grows behind the that grew behind the bench. On a branch above her was a rhesus, scratching its belly and holding the stolen garland of marigolds. Gosh, it must stink. Making sure that Mrs. Cox was watching, it casually plucked the orange flowers off the string necklace and one by one popped them into its mouth. About the same time, less than a mile away, 11-year-old Milka Sai, or Scythe, we'll say Scythe, was riding her bicycle home from school. She kept her, uh, her eyes peeled for the traffic and also for the marauding rhesus troops that lived in the neighborhood. Random hit-and-run attacks 
on pedestrians and cyclists by monkeys weren't that uncommon, although she herself had never been a victim. When it became increasingly harder to pedal, Melka noticed that her rear tire was going flat. She had known for a week that it had a slow leak, but she had been too busy to get it fixed. However, she kept a manual bicycle pump in her book bag for just such an emergency. She pulled over to the curb, laid the bike down, and removed her book bag. She got out the pump and began inflating the tire. Out of the corner of her eye, she she saw her book bag move. She turned and saw that a rhesus had had gripped the bag. Oh, no, you don't. She dove to the ground and clutched one of the bag's straps. The The monkey wouldn't let go and tried to jerk it out of her hand. Refusing to play tug and war with the monkey, Melka held on the book bag and stood up. Then she repeatedly twirled around until the monkey, until the rhesus, its feet now far off the ground, lost its grip and flew onto the sidewalk. The monkey scurried down the street. You better run, you bloody bad monkey, Melka shouted. And she thought as she thought that was the last she would see of the rhesus. Melka knew instantly why the monkey wanted her book bag. Easily visible in a netted outside pocket were a banana left from lunch and a handful of taffy candy that a friend had given her. That's what it was after. That little bad mash she thought. Using Indian slang for naughty child. After fixing the tire, Melka continued on her way. Two blocks later at the stop sign, she waited for a truck to cross the intersection. She was straddling her bike when a blow to her back knocked her, off to, knocked her to the pavement. Catching her breath, she got up and felt uh, felt a weight on her back. Looking behind her, she was startled to see the same monkey on her shoulders. It had ambushed her by dropping from a tree branch that was hanging over the street. Now the screeching and chattering monkey was tearing at her book bag, which was still on her back. Wiggling and hopping in the middle of the street, Melka swung her fists behind her head, trying to slug the monkey. She landed a lucky punch and knocked it off her shoulders. In retaliation, the rhesus bit her hard and deep in the calf of her left leg. Melka howled in pain as the monkey scampered up the same tree it had leapt from. When bystanders ran to help the girl, the monkey began pelting them with sticks. The policeman, a policeman arrived, but there was little he could do because the monkey's 
sacred status in Hinduism, he didn't dare shoot it, no matter how fierce it had become. He called for backup, hoping to catch the villain. But the Reese's jumped from the treetop to treetop and easily fled the scene. Only a few blocks away, 15-year-old Indira Pardesh, who was home alone with a fever, was awakened from her afternoon nap by clanging and uh, scraping sounds and meowing coming from the kitten. What are those cats getting into, she wondered. Clawed in shorts, or clad in in shorts and a t-shirt, the barefoot girl padded toward the kitchen, ready to scold the pet kittens. Jam, Jado, and Babu. That's what it says, Jado and Babu. When she entered the room, she screamed. Three large Reese's monkeys had cornered the terrified kittens and were pulling at their ears and tails like tormenting bullies. Waving her arms, Indira yelled, Shh! Uh, scoot, scoot! The monkeys began hooting and jumping up <clears throat> onto the counter where, where an overturned fruit bowl lay amid peels of bananas and oranges and that the intruders had already eaten. How did you get in in here? The windows were were open but they all had bars installed specifically to keep the monkeys out. Then she discovered that the back door was wide open. She knew she had closed it before taking a nap, although she hadn't locked it. You opened the door, she said in disbelief to the three monkeys. Looking out through the open door, she saw two more monkeys in her mother's garden and they were pulling out the roots and bulbs of her ornamentals and scattering the petals and trampling the neat rows of what once had been a picture-perfect garden. Oh, no, not my mother's flowers. She hurried outside to chase them away. Then two more monkeys leaped down from a backyard tree and swung on a 20-foot-high utility wire until it snapped. They plunged into a rose bush and smashed it. Indira dashed back into the house. The monkeys, she counted at least six inside now, were ransacking the kitchen. They had already scattered bowls and pots and pans on the counters, They had opened the refrigerator, and they were flinging containers of food onto the floor, where they splattered open, creating a gooey mess. They squished raw raw eggs in their hands and stuffed fruit and vegetables in their mouths. Overwhelmed, Indira reached for a phone to call for help, but the line was dead. They broke the telephone wire. 
She told herself, I can't leave and they'll trash the entire house. I'll have to fight them on my own. And Dura turned to or turned on the radio and raised the volume to full blast, hoping it would drive them away, but they ignored it. So she grabbed a broom and began swinging at them. Get out of here! Get out of here right now! Three of the Reese's scurried out the back door, so she turned her attention to the others that were at the opposite end of the kitchen. As she advanced towards them with her broom, they screamed and leaped over her head. While flying through the air, one of them knocked the broom out of Endura's hand. She spun around and chased them out of the house, but then she froze, standing in the doorway alone was the largest Reese's she had ever seen, and it looked mean. It hissed and flashed its teeth and moved towards Endura, unarmed and unsure of what to do. Endura stood completely still. Again, the monkey pulled back its lips, showing a line of horrible yellow fangs. Do something before... She could react that Reese's leaped on her chest. Adira staggered back while trying to push it off her. But the monkey was too quick. And bit her in the upper arm, right arm, and then went after her face. She grabbed Reese's around the throat and moved her head away from its teeth. Still, it managed to rip a piece of her left ear. Indira tried to strangle the attacker, but she was too weak from her fever. So she ran forward and slammed the monkey against the pantry door. The Reese's let out a shriek and then bit her right wrist before jumping off for the girl and fleeing outside. Within seconds, all the monkeys had vanished. It's almost like the monkeys are trying to take over the whole country. Grady said to Indira and Melka, after th- the three of them had traded, traded stories of their attacks while they, were, while they waited for their families in the emergency room. It seems that way, said Indira. Part of the problem is our population is growing and we're taking over land where the monkeys lived. <laughs> That's only a very small part, by the way. They're forced, they, they're forced to move and search for new sources of food and water, so they're going to come into the city and raid garbage bins, stores, buildings, and homes like mine. And they attack people like me, said Milka. And they steal food and cameras from tourists like me, Grady added. Unfortunately, there is little the government can or will do, said Andera. As as the monkey population in the city grows, the situation will only get worse. And the hospitals see monkey attack victims like us every day. Grady asks, so what will the doctors do to us here? Uh, You're not afraid of needles, are you? Andera replied. Minutes later, the emergency room staff treated the 
bite wounds of Grady, Melka, and Darrow. The three young people were given the first of a series of five shots for rabies, of, of rabies vaccines for added protection. The rest of the semester, Melka refused to take her bike to school. Instead, she walked with a group of friends, believing there was safety in numbers. She also carried a walking stick, which doubled as a weapon in case any Reese's dared to try to assault her. Fortunately, she never had to use it. After the attack, Adira and her family made sure that the doors in her house remained locked even when they were home during the day. They didn't want those clever monkeys sneaking inside by turning the door handles. But the pesky animals still harassed the family every now and then. They would snatch clothes that they had been hanging out in the backyard to dry and carry them high and to the trees and leave them there. More than once, Zendira had to climb a tree to retrieve a, a skirt or underwear that had been left dangling from, from a branch. Once she found a baby Reese's playing in a just-washed towel that was drying outside. The little monkey wrapped itself up in the towel and rolled around while its mother looked on in amusement. Indira didn't find it funny, but she left them alone. She knew better than to get into another fight with a rhesus. After Grady returned home to South Carolina, he realized that despite his terrible ordeal, he was glad that he had visited India because it was such a fascinating country. Besides, he came away with at least one exciting experience to tell his friends. It was a shame, though, that he didn't have any pictures to show them. The end. Monkey Madness. Maybe I'll retitle it. <clears throat> what, is, what did that girl call that? Melka call them? Something uh, bad, something or another. Little bad mash. That's like I'll call it. You little bad mash. Now, you ask yourself, or maybe you're not asking yourself, why have I read this? Well, in this research and discovery of what well, probably is a primate, uh, Bigfoot, and people trying to befriend it and try to make it more than what it is. Uh, this is uh, one of the problems, the potential problems. Of, uh, this. <laughs> Can you imagine, okay, a rhesus monkey that's 12 feet high, uh, tall, and, uh, it, you know, is 15 times stronger than uh, a man. Uh I don't think it's such a good idea. Maybe there's a reason why things are on the low key. And maybe there's a reason why the government doesn't really want to say much about it. A, for, for many reasons. One would be for the fact that, you know, if it kills a few people, knowing that we have a government, 
that wants to reduce the world's population down to 500 million, uh, that would be a reason. You know, hey, if it kills a few people and injures them, eh, it's not our problem. Uh, probable denial, you see? It's this whole idea that uh, if you pretend you don't know what's going on, then you really can't be sued. And people say, well, it's liability of the forestry department and the government and the states that if someone's attacked by one of these things. Uh, not necessarily. Or it's the logging industry, which Shaky talked about, and he's got a very good point. But at the same token, uh, yeah, just another reason why not to, to even tell anybody about it or say anything. Keep it on the low. The low key. Keep it low. Low down. Right? The key is to just not say anything. They keep it quiet. If you have a, a rhesus monkey that's the size of a freaking giant, well, you might want to just kind of not really be telling the public too much about it. Unless you want to use it like they have with the Patterson film and they also their attempt with the Minnesota man, Iceman, to uh, use it as a form of mind control and divide and conquer. But that's a good, good reason for it. No, but the thing is, to think about it, that the, 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 what would be the probability that North America would be the only quote-unquote continent that would not have humanoids or, or primates of some sort? It's, uh, uh, well, virtually nil. And what would be the probability that there would be large ones like the, you find in Africa? Very high. And what would be the, you know, if... Um, these things are as strong as fast as they are and as difficult as, uh, as they are to capture and to, to uh, uh, tame uh, or to, you know, whatever to do with them, you know, even kill them. Uh, what would you do if you were the government? Well, you'd probably just say, well, let's just don't say much of anything and just let people, you know, We'll, we'll make it as it's some kind of uh, fable or legend or some mysteries. That way, then that's uh, responsible for it. Also, you also got to understand, too, there is an element, too, of Hindu, Hinduism that's actually influencing our culture today. And it has been probably always. Uh, and uh, being that India is uh, as part for a very long time of the British empire as we are. So, many reasons to keep it cush, many reasons not to really talk about it, many reasons for the government not to admit it. But but just think, just think, what if someday, or if it is not already, that the oligarchy treat these animals like they do in India with the monkeys there as something sacred not allowed to be touched what if all the wacky people out there who think that's such a wonderful idea 
think such a, that that it is allowed to happen, and there is no management program out there for these things. What you think will happen? What are all the stories that you hear about over and over again of people actually being attacked uh, in their homes? People habituating these things and gifting them with food. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, they're part human. You don't know that. At best, all the thing we know is just another type of primate. And if it is, then you must understand that they are known for whether it's a little rhesus monkey or a spider monkey, it's even smaller, or a big old freaking gorilla, they will attack you and potentially kill you. And it doesn't necessarily need to have you, they need to have to uh, rip your head off for you to die from it. Like rabies, infection, disease, whatever. Why is this a topic of importance? Uh, for, for one thing, it's more real than the, the, you know, the moon landing. It's more real than the Cold War. It's more real than just about anything else that they're telling us. So what is going on with this thing called Sasquatch Bigfoot? Monkey madness, man. That's what's going on. A lot of more monkey madness. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.